Open your eyes. Wake up, Link. I'm Luke Summerhays. I'm James J. Moyles. And I'm James the Jaster Stewart. And you're listening to Hyrule Field Report. Jas, what did we do last week? Uh, last week we finished up at the Wind Temple boss, Colgera. And Jay, what are we going to do this week? Well, we need to resolve the end of the Wind Temple. We'll do that first. And after that, with, with presumably the Hebrew region now restored to its rightful ways, uh, we might potter about the region and see what fresh adventures Link has to experience in the presumably no longer totally frozen tundra of Hebra. Yeah, so last time we just killed Kogera and we were like, we better call it a night. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, that's not the end of a temple. Um, straight away, in Breath of the Wild, did you get a heart container when you killed the bosses? I can't yes. remember. Yes, you did. Yeah? yeah. Okay. Because I wasn't sure if that was like, oh, look, a little bit of classic Zelda they brought back. But no, you're probably right. It probably was in the old one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you always got a heart container for for the bosses. I mean, if I could, if I sat down and worked at the math from like all the <laughs> heart containers you can get, plus the shrines, I could probably work it out. But no, I'm pretty certain you do. <laughs> so that was fun, and then <laughs> we get to watch a very exciting cutscene. At least it's very exciting this time. <laughs> Yeah, um, maybe we'll come to the the flaws of this structure, shall we say, when we get to our second uh, temple. But uh, yeah, first time, obviously speaking about this cutscene on the cast, we get to uh, we get a bit of a, a, a lore dump, I suppose you could say, a lot of exposition about. Or we get to find out uh, who was calling us to the temple. In the first place. That too, <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> um, it's the the sage, the ancient sage of wind, as of yet unnamed. <laughs> But I have some theories on their names, which um, I don't want to speak about that now or later. Well, or... They, yeah, because te- officially they do go unnamed in this game, right? Yes. Um, however, so obviously they, as as they walk out, you don't see their face. They're, they're wearing, uh, the sage is wearing a, a, a helmet, a mask. Um, hmm. Or a helmet, right? Yeah, it's a um, like mask helmet. Yeah, and it's... Um, it's very much reminiscent of the Divine Beasts. Um, mm. So you see, we see a cutscene um, unfolding of... Um, we see Zelda, we see Rauru, we see the Wind Sage. Um, we see another Zonai in that cutscene as well, I believe. Um, yeah, you, she's a, you can always see a second Zonai, but they're never, like, focal on the camera. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's it. And then um, we also see um, another three individuals, uh, a Goron, a Zora, and a Gerudo, all wearing Divine Beast masks as well in this cutscene. Um, so, fill in the blanks, you'll probably ascertain that that's likely the other sages um, that, that we see there. Um, but all their masks, again, are reminiscent of the Divine Beasts of their region. Um, so it's not confirmed in this game, but in Age of Calamity, because uh, I, I had this theory playing through the game that the the, the, the sages 
um, the, their, their divine beasts were probably named after the sages Right, themselves. I thought that might be where you're going with this, yeah. Yes. Um, so this, by, by process of the nation, would have meadow for the um, Rito sage. Mm. Um, and the Boris for the Gerudo one. Ruta for the Zora one. And I forget... Rudania. Rudania. Varudania uh, for the uh, for the Goron one, um, and I thought, well, that's maybe just me like, filling in the gaps because they've got the helmets. But in Age of Calamity, there's a part where you're doing one of the missions where you're on the, the Divine Beasts, um, and it's the the, the, the um, Gerudo one, um, and it's uh, Riju and um, forgotten her name. Oh my god. Um, um, you mean the the champion? Or Bosa, yes, that, thank you. Um, they're on the they're, they're on uh, Vanaboris, and I think Arbosa says to Viju, um, Vanaboris is named after an ancient Gerudo sage many many years ago. Um, oh. Yeah, um, and I, I clocked that. I went, huh, that's a really that's a throwaway line in this game, but I think this was after we'd. Um, no, we hadn't quite done the cast yet. We haven't yet begun the cast. But with you mentioning that Age of Calamity was probably in development, it was probably being you know being designed and developed as they've got the idea of the story of Tears of the Kingdom was unfolding. I don't think that's as much of a throwaway line anymore as maybe it first became apparent. So yeah, a little bit of a stop. Hundred percent confirmed because they don't say it in, in Tears of the Kingdom itself. But that's got to be the case now, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I mean, you've got me convinced, but it just now it's even weirder that they just never say anyone's name in the yeah all the flashback yeah, stuff. Like, yeah, I always like thought there was going to be like like a big like reveal, like because like why are they hidden? Like why are they wearing the masks? You know, that's it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I thought I was like, oh, I was thinking, like, like obviously once I got like I never thought much of it like on this first first time, but obviously when you see your second sage and it's like kind of similar deal with the mask, I'm like, surely there's got to be some sort of reveal like down the road in the story. It's. Uh... I, was, I was thinking it's like, oh, what, they didn't want to make faces? It's not like this game has photorealistic, mm. expensive <laughs> face graphics they need to worry about. So I was a little confused. They're bringing in the Age of Calamity time traveling story, and it's actually the, the original champions have traveled back in time. Um... <laughs> To help sell out. That's that's that was gonna be the story. Um Well I, I I mean, it might genuinely be that they just think having the champions and the descendants and the sages as different sets of four characters you need to remember mm, just too mm. much. And they thought it doesn't yeah. They didn't wanna just do Breath of the Wild again, so they didn't want to make these versions characters in the same way. That makes sense, yeah. That would uh Yeah, because then you'd pretty much have a not a like for like story, but again, uh, you know, the, the the descendants getting powers from their ancestors, their even more ancient ancestors in this example. Yeah, yeah it would be a you, bit too, you already kind of do, but. Or they yeah, would like they fall into the, the trap best. of like, oh, you're ancient, you are the ancient ancestor. Like, type but of thing. It's the time like, like, oh, no. <laughs> I am you. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, at the end of the day, their names are inconsequential. It's just a neat little lore nugget that I 
noticed Peonage of Calamity that I thought would be worth bringing up on the cast when we get up to this point. Um, because the, the important thing of the cutscene is um, the, the, the sage talks about um, the battle they had with Ganondorf way back when. Mm-hmm. And I believe this is our first look at Ganondorf properly? Like, but, yeah, non- full power. Out of full power. Because um, I don't think we've even seen non-powered up Ganondorf. Uh, you know, non-mummy form, obviously. We've not even seen regular Gerudo Ganon as of yet. Um, not... No, because we've only seen, like, the clip, the, um... First couple of... The cutscenes are just like, yeah, Zelda just showing up, basically. Yeah. We haven't seen any of the very dramatic ones yet. Um... And I, I kind of wish in a way that they d- didn't show off Powered Up Ganon's design here because one of the tiers is a much better introduction to that design. Um, mm. But, again... You only, a, you only see a... very brief glimpses of him here anyway. Yeah, I suppose he's kind of not in full view. He's a bit further back. He's in shadow a little bit, right? So Yeah, because it mostly focuses on the sages battling the Demon King. It doesn't show. Yes. And then... I mean, I, th- I think... The game tells you right from the start, right, that Rauru sacrificed himself to imprison him. We don't necessarily learn it from these. Uh, I think we find that out as soon as we get the arm, right? Yeah, yeah, we do. We do. It's just getting to see a little bit more. You actually get to see the... You see, they see the imprisonment itself happening, right? Yes. Um, but I don't remember much more to that cutscene. Um, oh, don't worry, we'll have more chances to... I think there's even ones like tears. There's tears as well that are certainly linked right, to that <laughs> Imprisoned War cutscene as well, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, there is. That's it. Um, but, uh, I suppose in a more... I guess, if you hadn't been collecting tears... Oh, let's be brand the new, sh- yeah. And the, well, the shocking reveal would be Zelda's right there among these sages. <laughs> true, <laughs> true. <laughs> yeah, that would be uh, a little bit confusing up to that point, but pretty hard to miss. I'd imagine, you know, no matter which direction you go, you're going to bump into a tear, likely. Unless you were deliberately thinking, like, oh, I'll do all the tears at the end, like just marking them on your map or something mad. Hmm. Or maybe you were just like, I just want to mainline the gameplay. Perhaps this would encourage you to go and find the tears. You were Could be you want your boy to figure out why he's... <laughs> what was Zelda doing in the ancient past? What's going on here? Um, but yeah, I suppose in more of a... An impact to gameplay is the... Um, we see... Um, the sage right, we wind. see, yeah, we see Tulin get the full-on sage powers, which means that not only does he have his little wind power, he can send a ghost version of himself with you, so you can That's use it. his wind power everywhere in the map. That's it, because you get the the vow of the sage of wind as an actual key item. Yeah, which, well, uh, a little ring. Yeah, a little ring going on the or, the arm or an infinity stone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Four yeah. 
that's it. Definitely the comfort comes like that as you go on. Um, I do. What do you think about having like a little ghost following around instead of the actual character? Do you think, it, I, do you think it works? Yeah, mm. I get why they did it because that way they don't have to make him, you know, be involved in cutscenes and talk to characters, and mm-hmm. you know, they didn't want to go fully. This is a game with a squad-based sort of RPG mechanic, but nonetheless, when you're in actual the op- the sort of open world and you're battling monsters and stuff, it does feel like you've got a buddy with you, so it's really fun. I think you can Do turn it, it off as being. well. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Well, because you have the option to turn it on and off, that's why I was assuming that I was only going to be able to use one at a time. Mm. I thought, right, I'd have to pick which one I have active. But are they the... the... They do like to squad up and <laughs> gang fight. Absolutely bully monsters, yeah. <laughs> bully other goblin. Again, like, I think they've done that because we mentioned this before in terms of like the way the, kind of, the combat in general and Tears of the Kingdoms are a little bit harder. So like having the sage by your side makes things a little bit easier. Like an extra mm. AI partner for a bit of distraction. When you're using Tulin specifically out and about I guess he's this game's equivalent of Quiet from Metal Gear Solid 5. <laughs> he's just a sniper, right? I guess so. <laughs> when you find out why Chulin wears those clothes, you'll be ashamed of your words and deeds. <laughs> back down to the Rito village and Teba gives Tulin his uh, bow yes nice gonna pass into the torch you're now the the mightiest warrior of the the Rito clan but I'm gonna I'm still gonna be chief <laughs> yeah <laughs> I went um, so long to kind of to, to do this because as soon as I finished the wind tempo I just went off like exploring in a completely different direction didn't need to think to go back to the village <laughs> I always, so I always like, think like, done like another tempo player or something like that, like maybe three before I went. Like, oh yeah, like probably stuff to do, <laughs> new things to do in the Rito village. I like I checking it was from a because you see the get the nice little cutscene after you um, after you ended the blizzard where you <laughs> see the yeah. kind of the sun returning and the thaw starting to settle in. Like I said, I just got distracted um, and thought like oh, easy to do. <laughs> Um, but it's a nice little, and I, I think we're going to be doing this after every main quest, returning back mm-hmm. to the, yeah. you know, the, the region. I don't, like I said, I don't, I don't on the first one, like because it just it seemed mm. right. I just, I can't remember like what distracted me. I was just like I'll go off in this direction. So I think whilst Hebra is now, it's still, it's still a snowy region. I don't think it's as bitingly cold as it once was. Like I think you can maybe explore like the you maybe around the roads without needing to wear warm armor, but if you're going up into the actual mountains, you know, you're still gonna need to, to wrap up or drink a hot drink. 
something like that. Um, but I think yeah, more it's important. Not quite, than... It's not quite that we go from like a blizzard to sunny blue skies. Yeah, but it's still a sunny like, part of the world. Dangerous snow to just it's a bit mm. snow. It's more of a a world building sort of change, right? Like like now the Rito can begin. You know, hunting again, food will be a lot easier to find, trade will open up as well, um, with the other, more easily at least, with the other races of Hyrule. Um, and I think uh, Teba actually says, you know, now that it's easier to, you know, travel back and forth, we'll send some, we'll, we'll join the hunt for Princess Zelda, we'll send some Rito to Lookout Landing, which uh, is very nice of them. I'm just but, thinking uh, it might have been, um, It would have been interesting if they'd put, like, the Goron region was the one that had a blizzard and stuff like that, like, really changed up the the environment. But I, I get why they didn't. Yeah, it's, it's more of a storm, really, right? And it, like, it's a storm that's yeah. kicking up, like, the, the snow in the region. Yeah, it, it's like not. A blizzard. Yeah. But yeah so that's that, true. That would have been good if they did, like you said, the switching it up would have been nice. Yeah, um, after uh, after we get the little touching cutscene with the passing of the torch, um, as we were kind of alluding to there, there's a lot of new stuff to do around Rito Village, and there's a few quests to do around the Rebra, the, the Rebra? Hebra region as a whole um, that we're going to tackle before we uh, return back to base camp, I think. So uh, shall we dive into it? Yeah, let's start with the stuff that's right here in the village itself. Yeah. Um, we have the Shrine quest with Shwarine. a little rid... <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's 6.26am. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's actually not that early by me doing podcast terms, but... <laughs> I enjoyed it. It's... On you go. <laughs> uh, we have the one with the, the little riddle about the bird. Yeah, um, this is what is it called? Uh, the White Bird's Guidance. Um, so there's an NPC called Lysa or Lisa. Um, she talks about uh, she she found a cave while she was chasing a chasing a white bird, um, and uh, she mentioned that she. Uh, she saw the white bird and she was sitting atop the shadow of what's called Va Meadow's Perch, which is, um, well, the the rock that pretty much Rito Village is built around that, that, that kind of juts out like a perch. Um, and she saw a shadow there early morning. Um, and when she chased after it, the bird was gone by the time she reached where it was, but she found a cave that she wanted to go and explore. Um, so, yeah, if you ascend or climb or whatever method you do to get to the top of the the, the rock and um maybe make a little fire while you're up there to change the time which uh, i always kept on hand like some woods and mm-hmm. maybe a bit of flint or a fire fruit to do that whenever i was for these sort of quests because there's uh, more than you'd think that require a particular time of day yes um, but this, uh, this one you need to early morning for the sunrise and um yeah did you guys spot the white bird quickly yes, have you done this at all? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't. i spent an absolute 
age trying to find this. I thought I was looking for an actual white bird <laughs> up on the perch. Like, I was like resetting the time over and over again. You so much like flint and wood. Like <laughs> I'm like I'm missing something here. Like look about a little bit more, a bit more closely before I eventually figured it out. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say I was quick, but I don't think I took as long as Jess. I was like, yeah. uh, oh, there it is. I was looking up more. So the, the cave itself is kind of northwest, um, kind of west-northwest off the perch. I was looking more out towards, um, like, where we traveled to Toronto Peak to, you know, initially meet up with um, Tulin for the main quest. I was looking at, like, across Hebron. I couldn't see anything. Mm. Um, but... I kind of then realised what what was going on here. Realised it was a kind of an environmental clue. Mm-hmm. Kind of looked at the shadow of the sun, looked at where it would head, and obviously clocked the the light creating um, a kind of bird shaped um, kind of marking. Clever puzzles, like when you realise what you're what they want you to do. I think the kind of the little clues, like the character that you get the quest from, is kind of looking in the general direction where you should mm. look from like if you at least if you're one up to the top of the perch that's how i eventually figured it out that's it gotta pay attention yep um but yeah if you follow um follow if you go to the white bird you'll find uh west lake Tatori cave which um i don't think there's much actually in here it's just it's obviously the cave itself is difficult to see without the context clue of the white bird mm. but um if we go through said cave uh we will reach a shrine called wowos 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 which um surprisingly for these sorts of quests that kind of lead you towards a shrine they're often blessings but this one isn't it's an actual uh puzzle one called uh, lever power yeah i think this this wasn't enough of a mission to get you a blessing i think yeah i think some of the ones that will come to later where you've got to carry an object to another location they're a bit more involved um that's the puzzle itself often whereas this one yeah she was just telling you find the shrine but it was still still got something to do here I wish this was just one of those moments where I'd actually found a side quest before actually, like completing the side quest before I actually found when you started, uh, so it's just like a quest complete. Like, you're like, what quest? <laughs> <laughs> what quest? Um, see, this one is, you've kind of got a, a like a cup, um, which can hold a ball in it quite easily and um, there's like a slab kind of overhanging uh, like a pit I believe and you have to kind of drop um, drop a cube onto the slab which kind of propels the ball to hit a target which will open a door and then I think there's another one where you've got to attach another part onto the end of the slab to, you know, create more of a lever action, propel the sphere further. Um, I remember having a bit of a problem with this one, because my head just didn't really... couldn't get my head around the, the actual puzzle itself, initially. 
but it's what it is. To remain me. Yeah. I don't remember having a huge trouble with it. In fact, I don't really remember it. So I don't think it gave me a lot of trouble. <laughs> there we go, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's like the one where you're like um, making the little catapults. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a, like a neat ending to it as well, where, uh, well, if you want the treasure chest, actually, you, you actually have to put Link in the cup itself. Oh, no, you have to do that anyway to finish the shrine. So, yeah. It's pretty fun. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But, yes. Shall we move on? It was a little bit of trial and error, but I don't know that I necessarily had any great brainwave that gave me the answer. Just, I, it didn't work until it worked. <laughs> yeah, fair. Yeah. Fair. Um, so, if we move on, um, looking... What Actually, else we well, let's look at what else we can do in the village before we start. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. Spending out. So, um... We mentioned that Tulin gets Teba's old bow. Um, if you go and speak to Teba, he'll say that he wants a new bow for himself and offers to make one for you while he's at it. Uh, yes. Is it this, basically the same bow that you would get as the champion's bow in Breath of the Wild? Yeah, it's the Great Eagle bow. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, it's the champion weapon of the region, right? That's, a, that's right. Um, pricey. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. it's it's the three diamonds. That's like pretty. And this is, I suppose, kind of a flaw with the weapon system, which I do like as a whole. But things like these, I'll maybe do the quest once, and then I'll maybe just, you know, keep the weapon for a really rainy day. But. Yeah. Well, yeah, in, because in Breath of... of the Wild, I would get these weapons and put them in Link's house. In Link's house, exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I was, uh, I was the same. Um, it's just because they're too expensive to make. You know, diamonds are rare yeah. for a reason. Yeah, even um, like on the remake of the break, right? It's kind of. Ex- yeah, like the, initial, the initial making it is expensive, and then like, but it doesn't really help you. The like, oh, if it breaks, we'll repair it. But even the repair cost is a lot. Still. Yeah. Even though it's like less items technically, because it still includes it's... the diamonds usually. Mm-hmm. So it's not really worth it, but I did it to tick off the quest to my list. Mm. But that's about it. I don't know if many people have said it this time round, but I remember back in Breath of the Wild, a lot of people's sort of complaint or suggestion was, "Ah, oh, these items should not have the um, what's the word." What's it called? Weapon, with the, weapon degradation. The weapon degradation, thank you, yeah. <laughs> and I can see why people would want that for these weapons, but it would just, it would break the weapon economy of the game. So it's like, I guess they're kind of damned if they do, damned if they don't. Mm-hmm. I just like the overall design of the game, right? You're you're made to yeah. kind of, like everything's basically a puzzle in Tears of the Kingdom, like including like parts of the combat and how you use your weapons and mm-hmm. you're mm-hmm. figuring out how to kind of battle these enemies with different weapons you can't just rely on your favourites yep which is good because like for the longest time like even in Breath of the Wild I've, I've never been a fan generally of the two handed weapons but in Tears of the Kingdom like having to get to the point where like my weapons break and then only having two handed weapons left as backups I, I got used to it and I actually started enjoying the weapon type a lot more 
Yeah, well, that that's the whole the whole game, right? Is it makes you yeah. use a weapon maybe you weren't going to use, and um, there is once you start getting permanent weapons, it's probably be... worth like bringing up now. People have figured out a way, like there's a, a way to kind of repair the champion weapons, like without. Oh yeah. So basically, they get to the point when they break, and. I don't know how much detail you want me to go on on this because, like, it's. Oh, yeah, yeah, go on. I'm interested. Just going to talk about regions that we kind of haven't really touched on yet. Uh, But there's uh, Octorocks in the Goron. Oh, yeah, I know the ones you're about. Right, yeah, yeah. Kind of partly what you do when your weapon, when your champion weapon is going to break, you fuse it to a shield. And, like, when the Octorock eats it, it can repair it. It repairs the shield, but it also repairs your champion weapon at the same time. And then you need to take it to another region where you break the weapon and the shield apart and you get them apart and both of them are repaired and buffed. Yeah. So it saves it on the cost of mm. going, oh, I really like that weapon. You can kind of use it up to the point where it's going to break and then have it as a backup on a shield and use like, and then repair it when you really feel you need it again. I don't think that's even an exploit, by the way, because... No, it's not an exploit, sure, the mechanics of the game um, of the other region is kind of... I think you're meant to do that. The, uh, like, one of the NPCs in Lookout Landing actually talks about saying one of our soldiers was out on patrol the other day and their weapon was was taken away by an Octorok. When they got it back from the Octorok after defeating it, the weapon was fully repaired and even a little bit stronger. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, cha- like the general, kind of general weapons, it changes the buffs on, like, weapons and shields mm-hmm. and stuff. But generally, yeah, if the... see, you just try and feed your champion weapon directly to the Octorok, it just spits it back and doesn't do anything. Ah, uh, so you've got to fuse it. I see. You've got to fuse it to a shield. Yeah, because yeah, I remember the Octoroks in Breath of the Wild could repair rusty weapons. Yeah. And obviously, theoretically, that could be even more useful in this game where most of the weapons are busted. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple other quests in the... Rito Village uh, as well that we haven't touched on yet. One of them is a fairly quick one. Um, there's an NPC called Bedley who's um, still kind of talking about their still struggling for food supplies even with the weather back to normal. So she wants um, a few glowing cave fish, which I think actually that shrine quest one about there was glowing cave fish in that cave. So there you go. Easy opportunity for you to get them. And she'll give you 10 arrows for your trouble and then she'll offer you arrow trades for Glowing cave fish, chilfin trout, and bright caps after you um after you finish the quest. So because arrows can be reasonably pricey, um it's maybe worth popping back to this NPC every now and then just Even for Even if uh, they're not pricey, it's NPCs. just that they're always worth having. Oh mm. yeah, totally. Totally. So like every shop I, I visit, I'll buy them out of arrows in this case. Yep. Yep. Yeah, um, you can't really re- rely on like breaking boxes like to get arrows because that's always ridiculous sometimes like break this big metal box and it's like here's one arrow like that's mm-hmm. that's a good storage way to store an arrow in it a big metal crate <laughs> but yeah you need like fire arrows bottom arrows ice arrows all the time in this yeah. game so admittedly by the end I'm, I'm rocking like 170 arrows I'm never actually running out but yeah I had a few hundred don't want to risk it Hmm. Um. So yeah. After there's one last quest to do, which we actually get from Chulin. Yes. Um. 
who talks about how um, he and Harf had been looking through some ancient kind of literature, and uh, in there they uh, they found a riddle written in one of the books. Um, so the riddle is Sturida Gotham's and Sherfins. Hidden treasure sleeps in the centre of the free secret hot springs in the mountains. Guide the three waters to that place. When it fills, the slumbering treasure will awaken once more. And uh, Chillin talks about how um, you know there's, there's we know about the Sturida hot spring kind of northwest of Rio, but we don't know what else they're referring to. Um, so so yeah, I immediately. Kind of a, opened my map and found the two other big bottles of water <laughs> and marked them. Yes. Uh, but um, I should I should mention, I didn't do, or even I think find this quest until I specifically came back and talked to Tulin at a much later point in the game. Me too. Me too. But I did, just by coincidence, find one of these three, four quests. Uh, there's a similar one for all four um, regions. regions. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't. I don't know why I never bothered to speak to three of the four champion, the three of the four sages after their mission. But I guess I didn't. That's it. Um. Uh, so yeah, I think this is probably Solomon's... either this one or the Goron one is the most involved of these little missions you have to do. Um, but even, like I said, if you if you can identify those hot springs, I did actually go and visit all three to check that they were hot springs. Yeah. But um, you can pretty much tell from the map. And then you just find the point at the centre of the four. Of the yes. three, rather. Which is a cave. Yes. Um, specifically the uh, North Byron Snowshelf Cave. Um, which you can't actually get in there through the the entrance um, initially because there's a massive block of ice covering the way. So um, you'll have to use fire or a fire weapon or something to melt your way in. Yeah, whenever I had a big block of ice like this to melt, and this was the same in Breath of the Wild, I would literally lay a little bonfire and actually make a fire next to it. I would do the same. <laughs> um, although what I would often do as well is, and, and I've done it more in this in Tears of the Kingdom, is I'd fuse like a fire enemy um, piece to one of my weapons to make a fire mm. weapon and just kind of stand near it, did the job. Yep. Yeah. I think maybe for this one I happened to have a wand that I'd gotten from a fire mm. um, whiz rope and I just, mm-hmm. I just went ham with that and just launched a bunch of fireballs, which also yep. helped. Also fun. Um, but yeah, when you go inside, um, there's uh, three um, it's kind of this massive kind of vertical sh- like shaft here, with a lot of um, like blocked walls covering the openings. Mm. So um, what you're meant to do is you're kind of meant to um, you're kind of meant to f- figure out which of uh which wall corresponds directionally to each hot spring so you're kind of like op- like opening up the flow of water from each of the hot springs to this you know overall source 
of the hot springs, this kind of source cave, so to speak. Oh, I, I guess I. Now that you mention it, that makes sense and fits with the little riddle you were given. Yeah. I just smashed the walls as I saw them, basically. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because if you if you do get it wrong, wall. <laughs> get to breaking. Um, some enemies will come out. I think some keys or something like that will come out and pest right. you. Um, but that's what you're meant to do. <laughs> so, yes. But yeah, it's um, a little like mini water temple where you smash a wall, water floods in. The sea level mm-hmm. rises. You can smash another wall. More water will flood it. in. That's like it. this. And eventually, once you've done all three springs, a big owl statue will move, and it will reveal the way to a treasure chest, which inside is the Va Meadow Divine Helm, the self-same helm that we saw the sage wearing mm. um, in that cutscene that we spoke about at the beginning of the episode. So, yeah. It's fun to wear these. I was a little surprised there wasn't an option to give them to the sages. Like, I would have thought um, it would be the quest is, like, you unlock these, and then when you give them to your sage friends, they can... It boosts their power or something. Power up? I get that would make sense. Um, like, I'm not, I'm not saying it should have been that. I'm just, ghost that's... Sage. Like, I don't know what kind of causes it, like, but I've seen them before where like they seem to kind of they power up. I think maybe it's from... There's, yeah, there's, a, the there's an item you can get. Yeah, and I have no also, idea where you get them because I've only got two. Right. When you wear... Uh, the helmet it does power up the chilling ghost. So ah, right, that's why okay, I've okay, seen okay. them like wearing the mask before as well. Then right. yeah, yeah. Just wondering what was causing that. So yeah. Um, weirdly, it's um, weirdly you can also get this by I didn't know this, but by scanning um, the Revali amiibo. <laughs> so oh. <laughs> there you go. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah, if you put the mask on, Tulin is also wearing it. Right, that's cute. Yeah, because yeah, I always use that as like a like a backup, like later, like when I was traveling, like in the snow regions, and I think I only had like the original snow boots, and then the chest snow I bought from Rito Village. Hmm. So when I wanted to wear like other like chess piece like like better defensive armor and stuff like that, I would use the divine helm to kind of work out like the snow resistance. Yeah, and they do look funky. I like looking like a mm-hmm. crazy Aztec sci-fi warrior. <laughs> um. Should we keep on going with now that we're out in the Hebrew region? Some more. Yeah, Hebrew there's quests? a few. Let's just hit some quests and shrines around Hebrew. Yeah. Um, well, I'll tell you what. Let's have a, a, a shrine bonanza. Let's do all the shrines. <laughs> let's go it's for a the shrine of Palooza. A shrine of Palooza. So, um, on the far west of the region, um, there is a shrine known as. Toyo Toyo Sipun Shrine. Toyo Toyo Sipun. Um, also known as Forward. Right. How about you? Oh, well, forward or backward. <laughs> That's what it's known as. Is this the one with the little cars just trundling along and you? No, it's not. Uh, no. Ball rolling. Shrine. It yeah. is a recall shrine where you've got there's boulders that are 
going down a ramp, you've got to recall to be able to run up the ramp. Um, and then there's another part where you've got to use Ultra Hand to put a shrine into a... put an orb, sorry, into like a little switch. And then use recall to then keep the orb there or something like that. I can't remember the exact bit of the puzzle. Um, and then the last part, which I think I almost definitely cheesed, was there's an orb that goes down a ramp and you've got to like use ultra hand to drop the orb onto a bowl and then I it's it's I can't remember it's hard to explain. I think basically you meant to like it's ricochet a, the, the orbs together, right? To kinda of ping the the orb into the, the hole, right? I think it's a part where you've got to use recall as it's going to kind of reset its momentum mm. as it's going down a ramp, because otherwise it'll roll the wrong way from the falling down from one ramp to the other. Something like that. Um I remember having fun with this shrine. It was one that didn't take too much, you know, difficulty. It wasn't a big leap in my head to figure it out. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. Um, um, I think recall was a power that just seemed to click with me quite easily, whereas I know um, I know you look you've had problems with the power from what you've said so far. Oh well, no, it wasn't. It was not recall. It's um, it was ascend. It took a really long time to click for me. Mm. Okay, recall was fine, and it even uh, eventually, like all of them, became second nature. But yeah, for a long time, I would it wouldn't naturally occur to me to use ascend. I would be like standing like what do I do for ages and I'd be like oh right I can just go up but a re- recall makes sense right from the start right you can s- see like oh this thing's moving I need to make it move the other way and then and if again, we go this one was pretty I don't want to say basic but like I got it right I was like okay bulls are rolling I need to make them hit these things yeah Here it's just go. straightforward like I was saying like it's not yeah not really much of a puzzle. It's just basically the game going. Do you know how to use recall? Yeah, <laughs> and it's like it's not hard to figure it out. Um, it's a puzzle in a very fun. like video game sense of the word. <laughs> hmm. So if we head north past um, Sherfin's Hot Spring, we'll find uh, another shrine which is actually contained within a cave. So quite easy to miss actually um you might not get this until later actually i probably did i probably had to come back for this one myself uh but we'll cover it now because they're going for the region and we might as well um so inside the icefall foothills cave um in which there's you know usual cave things monsters um a bubble frog etc there is also um if you drop down a hole in the cave you can then find the otak shrine um which is our first proving grounds that we're speaking about on the cast it might be our first one yeah so this one is called proving grounds traps um so the proving grounds are um (laughs) remember even tide island (laughs) you remember that (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, well, or even more so the um, the DLC for Breath of the Wild. Ah, the the Master Sword Trials. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's yeah, like okay. strips you of your equipment and makes you take on some mm. little combat. I was called these like, in my head while playing. I was like, yeah, these are even tight trains. Yep, even that. Those are not proving grounds. It's even tight train. Even tight trains. They're OSP on site procurement. <laughs> <laughs> my head cannon is the 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 sage the um Sheikah sage that was living on Eventide Island broke free and just went around and <laughs> messed up some of the other Zonai shrines after the upheaval. That's that's my theory. But yeah, this one I actually remember really enjoying this one because some of the proving grounds which we'll speak about later, I did end up just kind of brute forcing them maybe in a way and just, you know, yeah, you can sometimes the combat. Ignore, ignore the mechanic is trying to teach you and just use regular combat. That's it. Um, whereas this one, you can like shoot torches to like burn leaves and which will do damage to the constructs. There's explosive barrels. There's stuff um, you can drop on the head. Yeah. yeah, like walls you can drop on them. Um, it reminded me a little bit of um, like and probably a, <laughs> this won't mean anything to either of you two, but really a little bit of like how you fight sometimes in um, Horizon Zero Dawn, because on that you don't really want to go toe to toe with the with the robot dinosaurs, <laughs> so you will be well, using traps and such. Yeah, it reminds me them. of like a Home Alone or a Looney Tunes in a way. <laughs> yeah, but also, yeah. <laughs> um, do you remember when Monster Hunter World first came out? Mm-hmm. And they made a big deal in a lot of the trailers and like the early game, like, oh, and you can use these traps and you can trick the monsters into this and you can do that. Um, but then once we started playing, you did those once or twice and then just played it like a regular monster. Hunter. Or yeah, like if they yeah. happened, they happened. And you're just like, oh, that's, yeah. that's convenient. Or if I wanted to make it cooler than Home Alone, I could say it's like at the end of Predator when Schwarzenegger's got all the traps. Nope, Home Alone's cooler. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I, I do remember this one. I genuinely did engage with a lot of the mechanics and I, you know, smashed, crushed them under a big rock and dropped bombs on them and all stuff and it was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I pulled about, I think, four of the remaining enemies like over to like the big trap like to drop, like, kinda, I think it was like a barrel bombs like that was like on like a, connected to like a structure, a rock structure that you can break to drop it down. Nice. I was like, yeah. Like, let them kind of surround that and then bombed like the rock and it dropped on them it's great the only thing so i really enjoy these um even tied shrines but (laughs) if once you get like right to the end and die in one and have to do it again yeah and there's such a clear way of doing it like i don't really find myself experimenting and doing it differently Mm -hmm. it does feel like i'm going through all of these motions again but you know I should just get good, I guess. It's worth pointing so, out this cave and this shrine is like the very topmost, leftmost. Like we're yeah. right in the corner of the map. Total northwest point of the map, yeah. 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 Which is now making me very aware of how square Hyrule is. <laughs> Which was <laughs> yeah, the case in Breath of the Wild as well, but yeah. yeah. It's funny when you look at it. Um, if we go along to um, 
there's another uh, hot spring off to the east. Um, Gotham's secret hot spring. Um, there's the Utum shrine. Utum. Anyway, it's proving ground. <laughs> this one's a. This one is a proving ground infiltration. Mm. Um, which I remember. Lots of like narrow corridors. And things like that. It's, no, this one's is. It's kind of like there's. There's like a middle area where a lot of the constructs are that are like you can't really get in there easily because it's like so there's like spikes and guards. Yeah, teaching, so you kind of have to. One teaching you the stealth mechanics, is it? So that one. Basically, it, it yeah. doesn't teach you stealth mechanics because there's an actual stealth mechanic right, shrine it, later. It, this is right, the yeah. this is the eventide version of that, but, I suppose. Um, yeah, it wants yeah, you to use stealth mechanics, but the the te- the sort of training ones. As soon as you try and attack without stealth, it's like, no, go back and use stealth. Whereas this one, theoretically, you can do what you want, but it's clearly designed to... Stealth is the best way to get through it. Yeah, mm-hmm. You kind of work your way up to a second level, you get a bow and arrow up there, um, and then you're kind of able to pick off some of the, the guards down below and, you know, work your way into the inner area and take take them out. Mm. Um, but there's not really a gimmick to this one to the same degree um, as... The last proving ground. This is more of the one where you, I was kind of on about where you can kind of brute force them. Um, maybe not as, not as fun, sadly. Yeah. Um. The other, so we mentioned briefly. Oh, I think we cut this. In fact, um, there is a house just south of here, which ah, is yes. Sell me a spot. Yes, and who's sell me, Luke? The home of none other than the Duchess of Downhill. Yes. <laughs> Mascot of the show, shall we say? Yep. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's two of uh, the Duchess's disciples in here, and they're kind of talking about how um, she was kind of scouting out a new course, but she's gone missing. And just she, they ask Link for a bit of help to to go find the Duchess, go find Selmy. So the, the, there's one guy in the house that talks to look for a bonfire where the second disciple is. He's kind of overlooking a hill, which you looks down. If you look down into the canyon below, kind of presuming where the Duchess might have, you know, slid down that way, um, you'll see kind of a blocked up cave, um, the East Byron Snowshelf Cave. Mm-hmm. And, and also. Um... There's a cave right next to Selmy's house, um, which is worth going into because you can get a shrine that can be your shortcut back to the house. Oh yeah, the um, it's one of the crystal shrines. Yeah, we've, we've yeah. not spoken about those yet. Um, where you want to like pick up a, a glowing MacGuffin crystal, <laughs> and uh, and carry it towards. Uh, yeah, uh, so sometimes these can be a bit of a trek where the crystal is quite... So like a laser beam will like direct you between the crystal and the shrine. Mm-hmm. Um, in this case, the, the crystal is right there, but it's in the middle of a big frozen... Well, not frozen, but like dangerously cold lake. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you melt an ice cube right next to it, there's a... There's three um, Zonai wings. So you can plunk one of them on the water, stand on that, 
uh, right. thing out. Bob is your uncle. <laughs> is it just a blessing that you get for this? Yep. I'm very familiar with it because I did it as we've been talking today. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so yeah, in the cave, you then you'll uh, you can ascend right up to Selmy's spot. You can, that's right. You can indeed. Um, but yes, in the cave, he's Byron Snowshelf Cave. You'll find Selmy saying she slid in here, but then there's the cave in behind her, so she was trapped. Um, there's another cave. There's a kind of two entrances. It's actually a tunnel. So if you kind of clear both rock walls out, go back and speak to Selmy. She says, uh, you know, thanks for opening the way out. And then she asks you to go and uh, go and chat to her back at her cabin. Um, and if you do so, you'll complete the quest. She'll give you a shield. And this unlocks the uh, shield surfing minigame. Um, so you too can become the Duchess of Downhill, if you so wish, <laughs> by uh, completing the, the snow surfing minigame. And uh, these are fun. Uh, this was in um, Tears of the Kingdom as well. This but, is Tears um, of the Kingdom. <laughs> Breath of the Wild. <laughs> that's, that's it. Yeah, we'll clearly all gone. I, I need my bed soon. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, this was in Breath of the Wild, but still fun. Yeah, yeah, fun yeah. indeed. Well, this was in Twilight Princess in a way. Yeah, the, to get down to the Yeti's house. Yeah, yeah. that's right. I mean, I if you want to go back, this was in The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. <laughs> Where um, Legolas Shield surfs down some stairs and shoots some guys. Which is straight from much, the book. Much less uh, rigorous course, that one. I don't know if we can call Legolas the Duchess of Downhill quite just yet. No. He can just be sure, the get... Earl of Steps. <laughs> the Earl <laughs> Um, I think there's maybe one other shrine that we haven't spoken about in the Hebrew region. There's a couple of others that are kind of back to towards the snow shelf um, mm. that we spoke about with the episode with uh, Kate Gray. We'll maybe go back to there another time, but back yeah, going back, we'll back down to towards... much later if we're following the tears. Yes. Um, if we go back towards um. Going back towards Rito Village near Corvash Peak, we'll find the Sahiro Shrine, um, which I'm surprised we didn't speak about when we did the Skyview Tower here. Ah. But did we speak about this one? Did we speak about this one? This no, is Sahiro from no, above. It's slightly to the side. Yeah. Um, so oh, no, maybe this one. Oh, I, I think we did. Yeah, I think familiar. we did. I think we did cover this one. I don't think so because I look at the pictures. Yeah, it's a different. Yeah, it's a different one. one yeah, this one, different. you're kind of, you're kind of kneeling, kind of ducking under some lasers. Um, you then have to jump over some lasers. Um, yeah, courage to fool was the one that we already talked about because we talked about that one with yes. Kate. Yeah, that's it. Um, and the aid from above aspect is I'm pretty sure there's a point where you've got to kind of hold a block in front of your head to get through a particular part of the shrine. Mm. But it's, yeah, it's just dodging lasers. Dodging lasers. It's like there's one part where there's a, like a laser wall that you need to ascend. Mm. A callback to, to Resident Evil 4 here as well. With a laser wall of death that you can't dodge. 
naturally. Not played yeah. Resi for me. I'm just one of my few guys. <laughs> oh, oh, oh dear. You've definitely told me that. Also, on the Resident Evil film shots, as well, right? Well, I guess I've not played I think Resi 4 <laughs> was a reference to the Resi film. It was, yeah. Um, but yeah, quick shine that one. And then our last sort of round up here before we begin wrapping up is speaking of returning minigames from Breath of the Wild, if you go back to where the uh, flight range was in Tears of the Kingdom, uh, Breath of the Wild. It's there in Tears of the Kingdom still. It's not moved. It's still there. Um, however, this time, um, the... Uh, the former the chief. old chief. Yeah. Yes, Canelli, the big sort of owl lad. Um, he is. Uh, he's now running the course where you've got to... Um, this one, though, because you've got the skydiving mechanics in this... Which I don't remember being in Breath of the Wild. No, they weren't. You couldn't in the same way. Yeah, so this one was a bit more involved because you're going to have to you skydive through the rings and then use the paraglider to kind of ascend back up through some rings. Mm-hmm. So it's not so much about flying and shooting, which is what Tabor's course was about. This one's more about actually gliding and manoeuvring. It's more of a... It's... Yeah. Definitely more geared towards the Rito this, but you know, Blink can do anything he wants, so he takes this one up. And I think the reward is just rupees. I could be wrong though. I like the line Link can do anything he wants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's a particularly special reward, but I could be wrong. Yeah, it's a fun little aside though. Good little time killer. I think I did it. Um, when I was needing to get some rupees for another quest, because it was something I could do pretty consistently. So. Mm. So yeah, after our kind of whistle top stir around around the Hebrew region, um, not quite covered everything here. We might come back here one day um but for now i think it's time to go back to base camp and report in um to pura that we've uh, done some investigating and see what else might be going on around lookout landing now that we've helped the reto which i so, definitely yeah. did in my playthrough of the game i always checked in at lookout landing after <laughs> the quest. i definitely didn't let stuff pile all. up <laughs> until i'd done like three different temples Oh, I did it every single time. I always went back. I enjoyed it. But, um, yeah. Um, and that's what we're going to be doing, dear listeners. We're going to be going back there, so you have to join us for that one. You have to. Um, but what else can they do, Luke, if uh, they want to continue following us? Um, you can follow us on Twitter for the time... Oh, sorry, on X, at Hyrule Field Pod. We're also on <laughs> Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Just search Hyrule Field Report. Make sure you've liked and subscribed, rated and reviewed. If you've got some friends who are into Zelda, let them know. If you're thinking of replaying the game, why not listen along? If you're done with the game and you want to relive it, then hey, keep listening. So, um, yeah, please share it. Let your friends know. And if you want to help support the podcast, keep it online. You can go to patreon.com slash podcastiopodcastius. But honestly, I'd rather have your word of mouth than your dollar bill. And uh, Jas, do you have some sage words of advice for us this week? Yeah, well, it's not really advice, but 
If you want to be like the Duchess of Downhill mascot of the Hyrule Field Report, uh, you better go go off and get out shredding the gnar. Yep, that's sage advice. Well, thank you, and I will catch you next time. Zappo! Cheerio!